today on Geekdomine Powers. When I was younger, I had difficulty making friends. And I think in a way that some of the characters on my favorite TV shows kind of were a substitute for friends. Um, like which ones? Oh, gosh. Where do I even start? Um, hmm. Growing up, I was like a huge fan of like the monsters. <laughs> like I, I wanted to run away and go live at 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Like... <laughs> You are listening to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back! My name is Guy Hasson, and you are listening to Geekdom Empowers. Geekdom Empowers is the podcast that highlights creators and fans in the geek world who do not often get to be highlighted. It's these people, it is us, who make up almost all of the geek world. By talking to each person, by hearing their stories, Geekdom Empowers creates a huge, giant, world-sized quilt of the geeks all around the world. Each person is a story, and together we are one story, one huge Geekverse quilt. Today, finally, finally, on our 83rd episode, finally we have a person who we can mainly say is a fan, rather than a creator of comics, an author, a cosplayer, etc. I always say I highlight creators and fans, and so far I've only highlighted creators who are fans. So today, a fan. Today's guest is Natalie Devitt, who I found as a contributor to the Galactic Journey website. If you remember guests, Gideon Marcus, who began the site, and Gwyn Conaway, who writes for the website about fashion and creates costume design for genre shows. Natalie is also a contributor to Galactic Journey and when I saw her on the website, I had a feeling she had an interesting geek story to tell. And she has a few, so let's listen. Okay, perfect. I, hold on, I just noticed the picture behind me has a fly in it. So oh, that's funny. Face it. That's really strange. Hold on. Okay, yeah, take <laughs> it's it crazy. Uh, virtual background. So, uh, what I see the original Star Trek, uh, yes, poster behind you, and what's that thing to at least right here? Yeah, that one. Uh, that is a Frankenstein poster, uh, for the first of the James Whale Universal Frankenstein movies at the very end, like with like the windmill that was like burning. Above that, I actually have a Spanish Dark Shadows poster for the vampire soap opera from the 60s. Um, it's for the first movie they did, House of Dark Shadows. I don't um, know what I that is. Watched. What is it? It, it, was a, it was a gothic melodrama that was on from 1966 to 1971. Mm-hmm. And then they did two movies, um, House of Dark Shadows, Night of Dark Shadows. They did a reboot in the early 90s with Ben Cross. Gene Simmons, Barbara Steele, and a very young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And then they recently did... When? 90s? This was like circa 1991. Okay. It was like a young kid. Yeah. And then they did another movie that was um, directed by Tim Burton about a decade ago with Johnny Depp. It was not very good. I like Mm -hmm. to forget about that movie. (laughs) But the original movie, the original TV series from the 60s is my favorite TV show. Okay, cool. So you, and what's, wait, that thing to the other side, that 
who's face no the other side it's yeah oh, that, that it's, thing it's a famous monsters poster that i got for free at comic-con it's bell lugosi as dracula <laughs> mm. nice so you're wearing your geek uh on the outside yeah I, i i usually don't like walking down the street i don't think that people look at me and necessarily assume these things about me a lot of times people are kind of taken back when i'm fairly knowledgeable about it um mm-hmm. but yeah um today i decided i should rock it since Uh, that so, kind of is the theme of your podcast. Yes, you've come <laughs> to the right place. And by the way, um, I think you're too young to remember that. But um, up to like the early 2000s, being a mm-hmm. geek, first of all, was really like you were an outcast. Yeah, and it was. Two, and two, if you're, if you're a woman and a geek, that was like crazy. You were like uh, a black swan, like... People would go crazy. Uh, geeks would go crazy. Male geeks would go crazy. Um, But yeah, I think, I think a couple things kind of made it more popular, like the television series, The Big Bang Theory, but also like the band Weezer, I think, with like Reverse Cuomo wearing like his, you know, dark rimmed glasses and stuff like that and writing songs about not I being think, very good women. I think it was The Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was, uh, that was the time and Lord of the, everyone liked Lord of the Rings. So yeah, that, is uh, true. that started changing. Movies became much easier to, to see, to watch, uh, you know, all the effects and stuff was much quicker. Yeah. And it is kind of funny seeing people who 20 years ago would have like made fun of you for being into comic books now loving like all the you know, latest Marvel movies. <laughs> I don't know. And, yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. I've waited years for that. Dec- I've waited decades for this. Uh, yeah. So what's your uh, geek origin story? Um, I don't know if there's just one story. Um, but growing up, I was my mother's only child, and I was raised by my mother. Um, I was not terribly cool. So I often spent a lot of time at home watching reruns, watching movies, mm-hmm. listening to music. And I think when I was younger, I had difficulty making friends. And I think in a way that some of the characters on my favorite TV shows kind of were a substitute for friends. Like um, which ones? Oh, gosh. Where do I even start? Um, hmm. Growing up, I was like a huge fan of like the monsters. <laughs> like I, I wanted to run away and go live at 1313 Mockingbird Lane, like. <laughs> nice. And... I don't know, I was just, I was only child, I was kind of lonely. Um, and I didn't really have the greatest social skills when I was younger. Uh, years and years of working like in retail or working in schools. And also uh, there was a period of time like in my teens when I was a model I think that forced me to talk a lot more and it made um I think it made me a little bit less shy and awkward hold on I have to ask like how does someone who is shy and awkward get to be a model a walk as a model because that's well, like it's the opposite right yeah yeah I um my cousin was actually a model mm-hmm. um and when I was about 10 years old Um, I did actually a video with my class where we had pen pals that were in Rhode Island. And so we gave them a tour of our hometown, San Diego. And there were like some school staff members who were like, hey, maybe you should get your daughter into acting. So I went to Hollywood, got a manager, got an agent, acting coach. Whoa. Things 
didn't go as well in terms of breaking into acting, but I did get a lot of jobs modeling and catalogs. And I did that for a while. It wasn't really creatively stimulating. So I just ended up putting my focus back into school. Sure. But my question was like, if you're shy and introvert, mm -hmm. and don't I am very introverted. Me too. And like, um, uh, you know, being an actress or a mother, it, it's, yeah. it's two things that say, you know, look at me. Yeah. Uh, well, I think at the time, like I kind of rationalized like acting as kind of taking on the character. So like that was kind of my armor. With modeling, a lot of times they would do kind of crazy hairstyles, crazy makeup. So it was more like I was in character. <laughs> yeah. That's very healthy. <laughs> yeah. And growing up, I also played music a lot, but I was always kind of like hiding behind an instrument. <laughs> I was always kind of creative, but I th think that I kind of never really knew how to be in the spotlight, which I think is kind of probably why I ended up majoring in film and being behind the scenes rather than in front of the camera. I want to get to film, but before that, did you meet like in your, uh, you know, childhood or teenage years, uh, did you meet other geeks, other people who liked the same things that you did? Um, initially, I was kind of on my own, but I remember I met my uh, best friend in high school. She was obsessed with comic books. Mm -hmm. And so I think that meeting her kind of was permission to let my inner geek run wild. Because <laughs> I was already obsessed with like kind of a lot of kind of classic horror and sci-fi and uh, especially TV shows, movies. So I think like meeting her and going to conventions and stuff like that, meeting people definitely kind of opened me up to a whole new world. Well, I think going to conventions is a really big thing for geek introverts again like me because yeah. uh, you meet tons of people who are like you you know remember yeah. all the you know, remember everything and know everything by heart and have seen all the episodes and all the movies and you know obscure stuff so did Absolutely. that feel like home or yeah <laughs> absolutely and it definitely uh drained me financially <laughs> sure and get kind of expensive yeah. Okay. So what's the next step in your uh, origin story? I know it's not really the most linear path. I apologize. <laughs> it's all over the place. Um, I study television and film. Mm -hmm. um, and I work uh, for a digital uh, media nonprofit that specializes in film and photography. And so but I actually work a lot. Explain both those things. Like, you what did you study? Like, usually you have I studied to... television and film. Is it called television and film or is it called directing, writing? My major was television, film, and new media. Okay. Um, and, and then for a while, I had a bunch of jobs that had nothing to do with my major, like a lot of people, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I worked in education for a while. And then my current position combined education with media. And so I thought that would be kind of a great way to kind of connect the dots. Uh, and so, as I mentioned, they specialize in photography, video. I work a lot with youth, um, offering, I guess, kind of an outlet for their ideas. Um, and also, I think the main thing is that we often provide access to equipment for kids who might not otherwise have access to the equipment, because while it is a lot cheaper than it used to be, uh, it's not something that I think everyone necessarily has access to, especially in some of the areas in town that we work in. 
It's true. So basically, so what what do you do? You empower people by by youth by by giving them an ability I to teach. Push. No. By teaching them the skills and giving them access to the equipment to express the ideas. So they create kind of movies, video clips, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. TikToks. Short, short films. Uh, they could do photography, anything. I've, we've worked with students to like build digital portfolios if that's what they want to do uh, career-wise. They want to pursue it further. And what kind of change do you see in, in some of uh, the kids? I think at first, a lot of times the kids are kind of nervous but I think over time they come out of their shelves and you get to you know see them who they are like really expressing themselves and a lot of times the students they show vulnerability that you might not have otherwise um, mm-hmm. expected from them so it, is it more about expressing yourself and then <laughs> you know helping release stuff that's inside or and empowering yourself through expression or is it absolutely the ability to uh, now I have skills that can get me a job that I couldn't have. We have different programs. So some of them do tend to be more creative and other ones are kind of a little bit more vocational. Cool. Okay. And are you enjoying that? Yeah, absolutely. Is there another step between this and galactic journey? Um, yeah, I started working, I started writing for galactic journey shortly before I started my current job. Um, so not really. Okay. Some office jobs and working in schools for a little while, but not not a whole lot. So how'd you find Galactic Journey then? That's how I found you. Okay. Uh yeah, with Galactic Journey, um, I mentioned that I had played music. And I had some friends in college who were in the music departments mm-hmm. who knew Gideon and Janice Marcus. For years, we had so many of the same friends, but we didn't know each other. And so um, I actually had a friend from the music department who was like, you should come to a party this weekend. My friends are, you know, throwing this party. And I think that you would get along really well with them. So he invited me. I had no idea who they were, but I took his word for it. And he was absolutely correct. I met uh, Gideon and Janice were throwing the party. And after that, we became fast friends. That is cool. He was on the show and also Gwyn Conaway just released. Uh, so, so how did you get to write for it and what did you decide? What kinds of things do you, did you want to write? I didn't know at the time Gideon was actually reviewing, um, Twilight Zone, Uh the original series, um, from start to finish. I came in and finished up the last couple seasons. And then I also wrote about... The Outer Limits, the original show, um, and the occasional movie here and there. And like, what kind? How'd you like Twilight Zone and Outer Limits? Now that you you were born, having been born decades later. Well, I had actually already seen a lot of the episodes, but it was actually really nice being able to revisit them in chronological order, rather than whatever order they appear on on mm-hmm. television. Um, and also to kind of kind of look at them, I guess, as an adult, when I'm better able to understand a lot of the stuff. And by that point, I was more familiar with a lot of the actors who they were, and many of them I'd actually already met, like at conventions and stuff like that. So it was actually really kind of rewarding being able to go back and revisit it. And okay, so what kind of articles are you writing for Galactic Journal? 
I'm not currently writing any articles, um, though I recently contributed to um, Gideon and Janice Marcus. They have Journey Press where they release books. Um, they just they recently came out with a new edition of. Um, I actually have have it for you here. Um, they recently came out with this Rediscovery. It's a anthology of female writers. This book, it's the second edition, but it's from uh, writers from 1953 to 1957. And I also contributed to the first volume, which is here. And this one's from 1958 to 1963. Amazing couples. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about uh, female oh. authors at the time. So, so. How, how did you contribute? What did you do? What... Oh, um, I provided biographies of authors. How'd you find them? Um, well, Gideon actually had a list of what authors and which stories he was going to use. Mm -hmm. And so he asked us, he basically asked everyone who uh, was going to be contributing to the book, kind of which stories, which authors are you going to be most interested in writing about? And then we all kind of like went off on our own. Um, some people I'm sure probably already had the knowledge in their heads. Others might've needed to go to the library, whatever, brushed up on stuff. A lot of the people I was familiar with, but in terms of getting like exact details, I did go to the library and research things to be absolutely just a fact check, you know? Nice. So what does your geek life look like now? Like how is your geekiness expressed today? Well, since the pandemic, has gotten a little bit more under control and things have opened up. I've been going to conventions every single weekend pretty much. Really? Yeah. I recently went to WonderCon in Orange County, uh, I think earlier this month or about a month ago. Um, then also I went to San Diego Comic Fest. It's been really nice getting out, seeing people, sharing you know, enthusiasm for these things. Cause I feel like, I kind of thought that when the pandemic started that I was going to catch up on all the shows I wanted to watch. I was going to catch up on all my reading and I didn't really end up doing any of that. I just found myself not really doing a whole lot and just, just kind of struggling to pay attention to things. So it's, it's been nice to really dive back into things and meet other people who share common interests. Tell me about WonderCon. I wasn't there. I mean, another oh, WonderCon. What, yeah. what, like what, what kinds of things did you see? Um, so that is put on by the same organization that puts on Comic-Con. It's held every year at the Anaheim Convention Center. So it's like across the street from Disneyland. Um, I was only there for one day, um, but I saw... Okay, so I went to the Superman and Lois panel. <laughs> I also, um, they had a bunch of panels that were celebrating the X-Men animated series from the 1990s. And so I attended all those and it made me feel very nostalgic. <laughs> So I used to watch that show um, and just totally crazy random things. Like I went to like an expedition Bigfoot panel and I went to like a Cheech and Chong panel. They were celebrating, uh, I guess they're doing a graphic novel version of Up in Smoke. And I like the movie Up in Smoke. So I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't know they were still alive. I know, especially Tommy <laughs> Chong, he's in his 80s. Yeah. But yeah, still around. Nice. Still. Well, what was the Superman and Lois, what they talk about? Ah, uh, the series on the CW? Yeah, I know. What did they talk about? I've seen it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, like, they showed kind of just kind of, like, like trailers, the usual. Um, just kind of ask, asking uh, 
audience members asking questions about like their characters and um it was just kind of the usual i apologize i don't have more to tell you no problem and other like i really want to get you know it's it is unique i live in a country where you have like two three uh, conventions a year and uh so uh, uh created by the same people and only one of them is big so mm-hmm. it's interesting to live where you can go every week to someplace else and i wonder you know what that's like and what kind of things did you see yeah that is i guess one of the advantages of living in southern california especially like when you have like celebrities attending it's near usually mm-hmm. nearby la or in la um so i mean it's definitely like i i, I know i'm spoiled <laughs> um and also, like, having grown up in San Diego, where we have Comic-Con every year, mm-hmm. uh, now Comic-Con's a huge deal. But, you know, 20 years ago, you didn't have to buy tickets six months in advance. You didn't have to stand in those crazy lines. There weren't as many, like, newer celebrities. It was often kind of older, um, older writers. But now a lot, it was, like, writers, comic book creators, actors and stuff like that, um, but now it's it is kind of a much bigger, uh, more glamorous. It's it's a place where Hollywood goes to promote everything, and a lot of the things have nothing to do with like sci-fi or comic books or fantasy, and and it feels like the dealers' floor just gets smaller and smaller every single year. It like occupies like a small quadrant on the floor, and everything else is like celebrity sightings and people lining up to see stuff. It's I don't know like. Some, some people complain about it. Like I know my, my friend and I always complain about Comic-Con, but then we're always the first to buy tickets and we're always the first to get there. So clearly, I don't know. Complaining <laughs> is a big part of being a geek. Uh, it happens yeah. a lot. And it doesn't yeah, mean you don't like it. What? Yeah, waking up at like three o'clock in the morning so you can get in line for something. Yeah. There was yeah. the, the um, Big Bang episode where they tried to buy tickets the second they became, uh, you know, oh, yes. live and they just couldn't get in because it was, uh, yeah, so uh, full of the website uh, uh, collapsed, I think. Yeah, and I, I, I experienced that myself trying to buy Comic-Con tickets. It, it's insane. I can't believe how much it's grown over the past, I don't know, 15 years or so. Yeah. So what, how do you see yourself like in a few years? What's next uh, for you? Um, for me, I'd like to just immerse myself in things more. Um, especially after the past couple of years, not really feeling like that was much of an option. I definitely feel like I have to do it now before there's another variant or something. <laughs> What, oh, we're not, yeah. Uh, what does immersion look like for you? Like, what do you, what does it mean for you? Um, I mean, I think, like, I, like, I just really want to get out more. I want to meet more people. I just want to do more things. Like, I just don't know how, to, how else to put it. Like, um, I know it's been kind of isolating and I feel like, I feel like especially like the past couple of weeks, like I feel like I'm kind of getting more in touch with myself just by going to shows and doing stuff. I, I feel like I've kind of neglect, neglected that part of myself for a while. The world forced us to, uh, basically didn't really have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And people need people. 
Absolutely. And I, you know, I thought because I was an introvert that I was going to be well, well prepared to handle pandemic life, but that was not the case. <laughs> I can tell you for me, because I'm an introvert and an author. So I really can just be alone for weeks and months, but I'm not alone. Like I have a wife and three kids and the kids wanted to kill each other. And I've mm-hmm. been stuck at home for so much and that drove me crazy. Uh, so yeah, we just had the times like we snuck out to the forest outside, right outside and uh, just took walks. So one time in the car, just drive around without getting out of the car and then you know, just seeing the world. Okay, so is there anything uh, you, you wanted to say to your fellow geeks listening uh, that we didn't cover? I don't know. I just think that it's really rewarding to follow your passions in life. Yeah. That's why it's called Geek to Mean Pals. And actually, it's been harder for me to, because, you know, we're all usually obsessive about something and we immerse ourselves in something. And usually, uh, most of us are really super smart and use the tunnel that on something specific. But for the, the podcast it was it's actually been easier for me to get uh creators and fans and i always say it's about fans interviewing fans and creators and it's harder to get just people who are fans you know just as fans and that's it uh but i think fans make up most of the geek world it's the fan experience absolutely Thank you so much to Natalie Devitt. Next time, because there's always a next time, we're going to talk to the founder of the Yurikan community. And we're going to talk to her a lot about Yuri manga. If you don't know what it is, I promise to tell you today, but I'm going to tell you next time. So next time you're going to find out. Now, what did you think about this episode? Email me, guy.hasson, that's H-A-S-S-O-N, at geekdominpowers.com. The website is geekdominpowers.com on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. The handle is at geekdominpowers on YouTube. Search for geekdominpowers. If you want to check out my other podcast, the Squash Buckle Diaries podcast, uh, it's an experiment in fantasy about a girl living in her father's dream and we follow her from birth to death. Check that out. It is daily, the Squash Buckle Diaries. I will see you next time. And for now, have an empowered day.